0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Talking Addiction and Recovery, and a really important topic today is asking for help, and this one is definitely an ongoing one. This is not one that you just talk about once, um, you don't just process it one or two times. This is one that is an ongoing part of recovery, and even an ongoing part of um the addiction side as well, you know, even when someone is using or if someone experiences a slip or a relapse, you know, this is somewhere where asking for help is crucial, you know, anywhere along the journey. So, but this is one where I just put together a couple of important key points when I'm talking with clients, what I tend to reiterate, share, emphasize over and over again, Um, You know, it's just something that you check up on quite frequently. And it's just the idea of, like, the fact that you need help along the way. And some of the things that get in the way of it, some of the obstacles, the barriers, but also some of the things that can help when it comes to overcoming those. Because in all my experience, somewhere along the way... People who are successful in recovery and people who have not been so successful, along the way, they've needed some help and they've gotten help. Maybe they've utilized it. Maybe they haven't. But along the lines, it's there. And that's not something new. I mean, it's talked about over and over again is that you need to get help. You know, and asking for help isn't the easiest thing to do. We know the importance. You know, people say, I can't do it on my own. I've never been able to do it on my own. And yet at some point or another, what happens? They try and do it on their own. And that's just one of the things that happens time and time again. And we want to kind of break that down to look at how help is an ongoing thing and how it's something that just doesn't get put aside. There's just a couple of ways to, to really look at that. So one of the things to really talk about is the fact that Everyone needs help in in life in general. So let's remove just for a moment the idea that this is just for people in recovery from addiction. But let's just be straight here that everyone in in walks of life need help in one way or another. Um, We can't do life on our own. In some form or another, someone helps us out. Maybe we don't straight up ask for it. We don't come out and say, hey... Can you help me with blank? But sooner or later, help comes in many different forms. It may have been an opportunity we are given. It may have been someone showing us how to do something. It could have been someone saying something to us. It could have been someone offering something to us. But it also could have been, you know, when we were dealing with something difficult and we may have said that we were struggling, that maybe we were having a hard time, um, and then all of a sudden someone offered help to us and, and we accepted it. So help is being given, you know, it's it's kind of like a connection with people that is going on all the time. I mean, if you just like really broke it down, how often is one person helping another in day-to-day life? And there are probably more examples than you could ever find day-to-day, but sometimes it's so simple that doesn't come with some of the, the extra baggage that the one I'm talking about when it comes to asking for help from addiction from recovery. You know, I think that's a lot heavier. There's a lot more weight to it. It's a lot more. It's a lot easier to go to someone and say, Hey, can I uh, borrow your pen? Hey, can you show me how to... Um, I had to do that today for work, actually, where um, I was learning something new. And I didn't do it right, and I'd ask someone, hey, can you show me how to do that? That's asking for help. Now, that's a little bit easier. So one of the first things to talk about is recognizing that what makes it difficult for us or makes it a barrier is sometimes when it comes to what that issue is, it can make it harder for us to ask for help. There was really nothing that difficult for asking me to do something. Um... This is a job I've only been at for a few months. Clearly, I'm new. It's something I've never really did before. So asking for help wasn't that difficult. Now, maybe if I was there for um, a year or so, and there was this expectation that I was supposed to know how to do that or I should know by now, maybe a barrier would have been embarrassment. Um, Maybe I would have felt like inadequate. That's something I will talk about again later. So right away, it's recognizing when I need to ask for help, that there can be some kind of heavier baggage to it that makes it more difficult for us to actually come out and say that. But I want to get back to that point about everyone needs help. And and one of the best examples that I give to clients, um, and sometimes this works with my male clients, um... A lot because it's one of the things that when I worked with males specifically for a while and in, in, in the criminal justice system, it was the idea that even superheroes need help. And yes, I am talking about um, the one that comes to mind for sure is Batman. So Batman, um, we all know or most of us know, Batman has Alfred, and Alfred is his butler who knows about his secret identity and knows all the things about his family history, but. Alfred knows Batman best, and when you watch the dynamics played out in time to time, um, you notice that Batman, Bruce Wayne, does not always come out and say, Hey, Alfred, I need your help. But Alfred does a ton of things to help out Batman. I mean, do you even realize everything he does? I mean, he is the guy who provides the technical support, he provides, um, he does the normal butler stuff, cooking, cleaning, all that. He provides moral support, which is what he needs a lot of times to make him stay focused and, and guided on very principles he's trying to live by and, and practice as, as a, um, you know, hero of, of his city. So these are all things that Bruce Wayne Batman needs from Alfred but he doesn't always ask him for that but he needs it you know he couldn't do the things he does without it I mean who else is going to wash the Batmobile I mean Alfred probably has to do that as well but those are things that you don't look at as far as how Batman's able to do what he does and part of that is because of the help that he has from Alfred and now that ties into another big important piece is that we need different people for different support. So I'm going to say that again. We need different people meaning multiple for different support meaning different kinds. So the first thing is different people. I see this happen all the time where a client bases their support on one person and who does that one person tend to be? Well, the ones that stick out are the family members, or the family, or the loved ones, like a significant other. Where all of a sudden it's like, well, who do you rely, rely on support? And it's oh, it's my, it's my wife, it's my husband, it's my girlfriend, boyfriend, um, it's my mom, it's my dad. You know, like that role tends to be the number one that's gone to. It's like the MVP. You know, that's who they rely on most day in and day out. Problem with that though. There's a few problems, really, and one of the problems is that puts a lot of pressure on that one person to provide an incredible amount of support that's really not realistic. The second thing is, if something were to happen to this person, and I don't mean something tragic, but that, that could happen, but if something were to happen they were to become unavailable, all of a sudden like you put yourself in a position where you only relied on one person for help and now they're not available and all of a sudden you've got no one that you go to because they're not there the second thing or the third thing then is not everyone can provide the, the kind of support that we need i'm going to talk about that in the next transition point but not every person that we have in our life, with all their good intention, with everything that they're capable of doing, does not mean they can provide us with the support that, that they need to, when they need it for certain things with their recovery. So that leads into the different kinds of support that we need. And we need people to do different things, which is why we need multiple people. We need people who can provide us with good recreational support. Mean those people who we can call up and say, hey, you want to go do this? Can you do this? The people that you can hang out with, do things with, and have fun with. Just go out and engage in some healthy, positive leisure activities. That's recreational support. We also need moral support. You know, we need someone who can kind of be that soundboard bouncing us back to the ideas of what's our, our morals, our principles, and our values is what I'm doing, um, lining up with that. Am I making decisions that line up with who I want to be and what I want to present? And that's someone that we tend to look up to. It's kind of like a mentor, someone that we can look up to what they're doing. Um, they can say things to us. They're kind of like the straight shooters Um, They kind of don't fall for our BS. They'll call us out on it, which is what people say they need. And you need someone like that. You also need emotional support. You need someone that you can connect to emotionally or at least share some of those emotional struggles you're having, some of that distress you may be experiencing. Who do you feel that you can be vulnerable and safe to with that emotional support? You also need someone who can kind of help you with some of the basic stuff, you know, like what if you have a question about something finance related or a transportation issue? Um, Something just very, something needs fixing, you know, who can you rely on for that? Because we know those problems and stressors can really influence us and have an impact on us. We don't want that to happen. But as you can see, there's different kinds of support that you have to have. You can't just rely on one kind, and you can't rely on one person to do all those things. I just met with a client tonight and talking about how um, he doesn't have a lot of support. You know, he says he comes to me once a week. He, he thinks I'm his emotional support, his moral support, um, but I can't be his recreational support. I can't be someone to go hang out with him. Um, on a Friday night, Saturday night when he's bored and do something with I can't do that. At the same time, he looks at his dad as someone who can provide him with, like, some of the basic support when it comes to fixing things, money issues, so on and so forth. But he knows he can't go to his dad for emotional support. His dad is not someone who he can go to and express his feelings and talk about his feelings because his dad isn't really emotionally vulnerable with that and doesn't know really how to respond to that so the the same thing I worked on with him is that you kind of got to look at it as combining these two concepts of different people for different support is like you got to compare it to like having like a basketball team and basketball just stands out to me the most because football man that would just be such a huge team to to, to try and manage as far as support but Basketball, you've got your main starting five, and they're all in different positions to do different things. You know, you need them to do different parts that other people can't do. Now, we all know that your starting five might not be available all the time. Well, why not? Maybe injury, um, there may be a personal matter, a family matter that occurs. Um, They may come down with an illness or a sickness before the game, and they can't even suit up. They can't play. So you can't even rely on just your starting five, which is why you've got a bench where there are other players who can come in and fill those roles when someone's not available. But when you don't have that kind of support network built, you're really relying on one person, and I don't care how good one person is. We know that in recovery world, when you just have one person, that's nothing if you were to take one basketball player and play him against five. Um, this isn't, you know, Space Jam with Michael Jordan versus the Monstars. You know, this is real life where one person is not going to be able to be that person for your entire life as far as helping you with your recovery from addiction. Absolutely not. It's too much to put on them. it's unrealistic it's not it's not gonna help so what you need to do is build that recovery team and get your starting five to do all those different things that you need match them up with what they're capable of doing with what you need the emotional the moral recreational some of the basic stuff match those up and, and see how much more effective that team can function versus relying on just one player to do pretty much anything. So we talked about how everyone needs help. We talked about how different people are needed for different support. The other big thing that I talk about is asking for help doesn't mean you can't do it. I think there's a big feeling of inadequacy or embarrassment embarrassment that you're not able to do what you're supposed to simply because you are asking for help almost like you're incapable of it but I had a really good story that kind of highlights this and I was doing this half marathon um, and actually the the great part about it was the cause was for the opioid um, epidemic going towards some funding to help with that in the area and it was really great to do it for that. But I'm, I'm on this out-and-back course, which basically you run out, turn around, and come back. And this was nothing but, like, this gravel road just alongside of a freeway. Um, not much scenery going on, some empty, open fields. And you just go down one way and back one way. And normally when I do a race, I'm doing it with my brother, um, who's lightning fast, ridiculous, and my mom. And this time, I just had my mom with me, and she's a little bit slower, you know, understandable, but she still does all the runs just like we do. But I'm, I'm running on this course, and I only saw her at the beginning. Um, I'm just running miles out, and I'm turning around, and there's just points where you don't see anybody. And normally, I kind of think about things, you know, that kind of pushes you in that moment, I started thinking about the people who kind of definitely pushed me to run because I was kind of struggling to, to really stay on, on track with a good pace and with finishing. Um, so I thought about it for a moment, and I was like, my brother inspires me. My mother encourages me. My sister supports me. My father believes in me, and my brother-in-law often runs along with me. Um, That's one of the fun things that we get to do. But my mom was there, but none of those other people were there. And all of a sudden, I'm just thinking about a lot of the runs we've done, a lot of things we've done, the encouraging things we've done. I tapped into that support that they give me. And despite all that, and there's plenty of times where I reach out to support for them, you know, asking um, my, my brother-in-law to do runs with me, um, asking my brother about nutrition, um, when it comes to like some of the big races that I do, like ultras, uh, cause I, I, I trust him and he's done so many of things where he knows his stuff and I have to ask him, Hey, what about this? Should I eat this? When should I? But despite all that, my point here is that whatever help I get, Whatever I ask them to do, whatever I need from them, no matter what, I still have to run all 13.1 miles. I have to finish the race, and no one can do that for me. No matter what they do, I have to finish, and I have to run all those miles. They're not doing it for me. Okay, I don't need their help to do it for me. To say, okay, well, how about, you know, tag, (laughs) you come in, finish the rest for me. That's not what asking for help is. And I think that's really important when it comes down to asking for help when it comes to staying sober and working a recovery program. No one's gonna do your sobriety for you or your recovery for you. It's not gonna work that way. The moment that people work harder than you is a very scary moment that all of a sudden it's gonna fall apart because it's only gonna work if you're the hardest person working towards your recovery. Okay, you're the hardest person working towards your recovery, but no one can accomplish sobriety for you. As a matter of fact, if they could, they probably would have by now, okay? They probably would've helped you to just be sober and everything would be great, but that's not how it works. So you have to realize that asking for help is no way, shape, or form the idea that you're inadequate or you can't do it. All it's really saying is that you need some help so that you can do it, not so that they can do it for you. And I think that's really, really important to understand because I think there's just this big, big, embarrassing, inadequate feeling that if I ask for help, it means I can't do it. And that's further from the truth. That's faulty thinking. Faulty thinking, stinking thinking, um, thinking errors. We all know the terms for that. And it's just an idea of I can't do it and I need help because I can't do it. No, it means you need help so that you can do it so you can stay sober, so that you can accomplish that. Another thing I want to look at which is kind of one of the final pieces, is one of my favorite sayings um, by Bill W. that I reiterate over and over again um, is for ourselves, not by ourselves. And that, that hits a little bit of the selfishness that's needed in recovery, which is good to have, but also recognizes some of the humility that we need other people to help us stay sober. We can't do it on our own, and we're not supposed to. We're supposed to do it for ourselves, but not by ourselves. When you look at the 12 steps, you notice that it doesn't start with I. I, I, I. No, it's we. And just think about that for a moment. We. And a lot of times when we ask somebody... You know, do you believe that you this? Do you believe that you this? Like we we do put a lot of individual emphasis on it because it is your program. You are working your own program. But one of the things that I love about the 12 steps is that every one of them emphasizes we. That's that collectiveness that this isn't about you doing it by yourself, but it's just about everyone needing other people in order to make this work. And when you work with other people, when you build a recovery support network, when you have different people doing different things, when you realize that asking for help doesn't mean you can't do it, and on the contrary, it means that you can do it with the support of other people, you realize that it's not about just what I can do, but it's about what we can do a lot of good things happen, and a lot of sobriety can be built off of getting help from people. Um, what I do is is help. As a counselor, I help people, and not everyone comes to me um, saying, "Well, can I can I have your help?" You know, sometimes they come to me in some interesting circumstances, but. Straight out the gate of asking, you know, can you help me? It doesn't always happen. But I know people need help. We we know everyone needs help. When you look at someone else in different shoes, you would look at them and say, you can't do this on your own. You need help. Well, it's, it's, it's the same person looking at you and thinking the same thing, you know. So overcoming some of these, these barriers And these obstacles of of asking for help is really important because this is not something meant to do on our own. So just to, to reiterate and summarize, everyone, including superheroes, need help. Batman needs Albert. He needs him. As much as he fights it sometimes, he needs it. We need different people multiple people for different kinds of support. We need to create our team, our network of a support system. When we think about asking for help, or when we get into that dilemma of, you know, it's starting to feel difficult, or I I don't think I can, or I'm going to feel inadequate, or it's embarrassing, we need to realize that asking for help isn't about hey can you do this for me because I can't we can approach people and say can you help me with this so that I can do this that way people can help us and not enable us they can stand next to us or slightly behind us in the journey but we still have to be the ones to lead the way and to make it that way they're not going to drag us there and and take us there It's, it's not it doesn't work that way and then last but not least, remember that this is a journey for ourselves. We need this. We, we need to want this. We're going to want to do it for ourselves. We need to do it for ourselves. But we don't have to do it by ourselves. So all these points are about when it comes to asking for help. And it's something that I just can't reiterate enough that along this journey, you need it. And it's okay that you need it. And now maybe with a few of these talking points, it would be a little bit easier reaching out for help or asking for help, or at least taking help when it's given. So hope you learned something. Stay tuned for next episode.